Because boundaries promote self-responsibility and empowerment, they lead to closer relationships with others. By contrast, weak boundaries promote enmeshment and emotional childhood behavior, which only distances us from others. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is? episode number 28. Today, we're going to talk all about boundaries what boundaries are, how you can set better ones, what a lack of boundaries looks like, and how it shows up in your life. So let's get started. So like exercise, meditation, budgeting, most of us know that having boundaries around our work and home lives is something we should probably do. Even so, finding the time to change unhealthy behaviors, learn, and build new habits is easier said than done. You might not know how to set a healthy boundary. And with boundaries, there's often a lot of fear associated about how the other person will react to our boundaries. In a world as fast-paced as ours, it's tempting to continuously look for the next shortcut or productivity tool to keep pace with the competition. But these hacks don't usually work. Pre-pandemic research indicates that many Americans were already sleeping less than previous generations, often to get extra work done. Yet we were somehow increasingly unproductive. More recent studies show that post-pandemic stress, anxiety, and insomnia has continued to go up. We're also more stressed, caffeinated, and just generally miserable. Our free time and physical activity has, on the whole, declined. Boundaries as a solution sit right in front of us. When we define what we need to feel secure and healthy when we need it and create tools to protect those parts of ourselves, We can do wonders for our well-being at work and at home, which in turn allows us to bring our best selves to both places. A boundary can be how we want our partners and peers to communicate with us, when we want our bosses to contact us, or even the days we most prefer to work versus rest. A boundary is something that you set for yourself, and it's commonly used to achieve life-changing results. It can be mistaken as a way to control other people, but that's really not the function of a boundary. An emotional boundary is very much like a property boundary. It delineates where one person ends and another one starts. It's a way of drawing a circle around our behavior and ourselves. It may seem that boundaries would separate us from others, but they really do quite the opposite. A boundary includes a request you make of someone to change a certain behavior and a consequence of what you'll do to self-protect if they violate the boundary again. Because boundaries promote self-responsibility and empowerment, they lead to closer relationships with others. By contrast, weak boundaries promote enmeshment and emotional childhood behavior, which only distances us from others. A lack of healthy boundaries might look like waiting for people to figure out what you need, allowing people to borrow money that you can't afford to lend them, Easily saying yes to things that you don't have time to do. Spending money without considering your finances. Allowing people to borrow items and not return them. Offer to help in cases where you don't have the capacity. 
do what people want without considering your needs, and making yourself available to people when you don't have the time. Often a lack of boundaries can create resentment because you give and give and give of yourself and you don't have anything left. This comes from people-pleasing, from being raised to put everybody else first, and it can be exhausting. Before setting a boundary, you must be clear to yourself about what your personal boundaries are. This can be the hardest part. Most people have a clear line around their home, which makes it easy to know when someone's crossed it. However, many people aren't as clear about their personal boundaries, so others are often unaware that they've crossed one. For example, do you allow people to yell at you? If not, what do you do when this happens? Some people have a boundary in this area, and others don't. Additionally, boundaries need to be communicated only when someone has violated them. For example, most of us have a boundary that involves not tolerating physical violence. However, we don't walk around saying, by the way, don't hit me or I'll run away or call the police. Once a boundary has been violated, we need to communicate to the person that they've crossed a boundary and clearly state the consequences if they don't stop. If someone comes into your backyard, they've violated a boundary. You can either lose control and yell at them or you can say, hey, you need to leave and if you don't, I'm going to call the police. By saying this, you're letting them know that you've violated a boundary and what action you'll take if they continue to do so. There are two steps to effectively set an emotional boundary. The first step is to make a request. Ask someone to stop doing the thing that infringes on your property, literally or emotionally. And the second step is the consequence. Tell the person what you'll do if they don't comply with your request. The boundaries you set are meant to protect you emotionally, so you need to clearly communicate when a violation has occurred. You may set a boundary with your boss who yells at you by saying, listen, if you continue to raise your voice at me, I'm going to leave the room until you can speak calmly. If it continues, I'll go to HR to discuss the situation. This ultimately allows your boss to choose how they'll behave, but clearly describes what you'll do if the violation continues. You make the request, give them the option to do whatever they would like to do, and then you follow through on that request. Perhaps you have a friend who's always late. You could decide to interpret this behavior as wrong, bad, disrespectful, and you could decide not to get together with her any longer. But you could also decide to set a simple boundary rather than shutting a friend out of your life completely. It might be something like, hey, I really want to meet you for lunch, but I know you sometimes run late. I'll wait 15 minutes for you, but then I'm going to leave. I'm not going to be mad or upset at you. I just don't want to wait around for more than 15 minutes. Setting a simple boundary like this allows your friend to be who she wants to be and behave how she chooses to behave while allowing you to protect yourself, your emotions, and your time. So here's something that I want to make clear. There's a difference between a boundary issue, which is a violation of your personal, emotional, or physical space, and then there's a request, which is something that you would like another human in your life to do. So many people confuse these two. They confuse requests with boundary issues. Requests are, I wish my husband would take the garbage out. I'd like my wife to be more romantic. I'd like my boss to give me more praise. I want my girlfriends to call me back when I call them. These requests fall under the definition of the manual, which is a tool that we've talked about previously about our list of rules that we have for other people. This doesn't qualify as a boundary issue. It's okay to make requests like this of other people, but when your happiness depends on them fulfilling the request, you could have a problem because we can't control other people. 
you can't expect to control other people and you don't need to. In these scenarios, the person isn't violating your personal or physical space by not honoring your request, so it's not a boundary issue and it's not appropriate to create a consequence. Doing so is a form of manipulation and constitutes threatening behavior. Boundaries should always come from a place of love to promote self-kindness, not to control another person so that we can feel better. A boundary is not an ultimatum. It's not a way of controlling another person so we can feel better. This never works, and it's completely disempowering and separating for everybody involved. People don't like being controlled or forced, and the truth is that an ultimatum is actually a boundary violation against the other person. I'll give you an example. Susan's mother-in-law likes to come by the house unannounced to see her grandkids and often enters without knocking first. To Susan, this was violating a boundary, but because she continued to allow it without saying anything, her mother-in-law likely didn't know she was doing so. Susan decided out of love and self-kindness to set a boundary. She said to her mother-in-law, We love spending time with you, and I'm so glad you like spending time with the kids, but I really need you to give me a call and let me know when you'd like to stop by so I can tell you whether it's a good time. If you don't call first, the door may be locked, we may not be here, or we may be in the middle of something else and just not answer. Calling ahead would be better for me because I would know when to expect you, and it would be better for you so you don't show up to find nobody home. This is a very reasonable boundary with clear consequences if the violation continues. Now, it's important that Susan follows through with the consequences, which is a difficult area for a lot of people. She was worried about locking the door because she feared how her mother-in-law might react. But failure to follow through and act accordingly sends the message that the boundary doesn't really exist. Furthermore, when Susan's mother-in-law continues to come over unannounced, Susan feels frustrated and angry and slowly builds up resistance and resentment. This doesn't foster an intimate relationship, but rather it causes Susan to create unnecessary drama and conflict to which her mother-in-law may not realize she's contributing. At the other end of the spectrum, some people don't want to set proper boundaries because they don't want to risk losing relationships. They're afraid that if they take care of themselves and tell the truth, they might make the other person angry. So in order to avoid the other person losing control, they stay in relationships that are based on lies, pretenses, and resentment. This prevents any true intimacy in the relationship. Having a conversation about boundaries can be uncomfortable and challenging. It's hard work. It's the true work of intimacy. Honoring yourself and what is authentic and true, along with the willingness to let other people interpret it how they will, is difficult but well worth it in the end. People who can't find the courage to have conversations like this stay in relationships where they're pretending and then wonder why their relationships aren't deep and intimate. Or worse, the relationship erupts in the end because of built-up resentment and hostility, and we blame the other person for our lack of boundaries. Other people don't have to understand or agree with your boundary, and you should be prepared for that. When you set the boundary out of love for yourself and the other person, you could tell them the truth without attacking or yelling at them. Your truth has nothing to do with them, and you can tell them when setting the boundary. If they choose to be hurt or upset, it's not your fault so long as you have approached it from a positive place. What happens in the end is that you can move forward in your relationship from a place of authenticity and without resentment. Your relationships become genuine and intimate when you're willing to do this work. I know a lot of people worry about being viewed as bad, rude, or uncaring when they have the boundary conversation. The irony is that this is how they generally act when they don't have proper boundaries. 
When you try to smile and act like everything's fine, but you're seething underneath, you're acting exactly how you're trying to avoid acting. When you tell someone the truth about yourself, you open the space for more honesty and truth. So here are some important things to remember when setting a boundary. Proper boundaries come from a place of love. If you're angry, frustrated, and mad, you'll want to work through those emotions before you do any boundary work. Write down all your feelings and work through them until you can get to a space of calm, peace, and love. Remember, the reason you're upset is not because this person has violated your boundary. It's that you haven't set proper boundaries and that you haven't been speaking the truth. When you can own that and take responsibility for your emotions, you can explain your boundary from a place of love and set clear consequences for what will happen if it isn't honored. When you have a boundary conversation, don't be afraid to share that you are doing this out of love. For example, you could say, look, this is a boundary issue for me, and I'm not comfortable with this going on. If it does continue, this is what I'm going to do. I think you're wonderful and magnificent, and I value our relationship, so that's why I want to be clear and straightforward about this. Always remember that the person, the other person in the relationship gets to choose how they will act. When you set a clear boundary and it isn't honored, you'll need to follow through on the consequences. Many people do this from a place of frustration and anger because they think thoughts like, what the heck, I set a clear boundary and you're still coming over without calling and now you're forcing me to lock the door. Remember, this person isn't forcing you to do anything. It's your boundary and your consequence, and you'll want to enforce it from a place of peace and love. There's no need to ridicule the other person or make them feel wrong or bad for their behavior. It doesn't feel good and it's not necessary. Emphasize for yourself and the other person that this is how you're taking care of yourself, and it's nothing against them. Be very clear about upholding the boundary. Many times, people continue to violate boundaries because in the past, you haven't had any. So they keep doing what they've always done. When you honor and take care of yourself by enforcing your boundary, that will change for you. So there are some signs that you're not ready to set a boundary. If you don't feel peaceful and loving, it's not an ideal time to set a boundary. If you're trying to manipulate someone else's behavior for your own benefit to avoid having to follow through on the consequences, or if you're blaming, negative, frustrated, and trying to delete someone from your life, you're not in a place well-suited for boundary work. For example, many people will share that they've decided they're done with a person, ready to eliminate them from their lives, and they ask for help with boundary setting. The desire to delete people who trigger something negative in you is understandable, but it's not a boundary issue. Instead, consider the idea that the people who trigger you the most can be your greatest teachers. Many people get upset at the idea because they don't want these difficult people even being in their lives. However, if we step back and examine the situation, the people who set us off the most are able to do so because we either don't know how to set boundaries or we have never done so properly. Removing such people from your life is an easier option, but then you miss out on an opportunity to understand where your boundaries are and how to properly set them. Instead, try asking yourself powerful questions such as, what can I learn from this relationship, especially if the person is a family member or someone you have known for a long time? Ask yourself, how can I use this as an opportunity to take care of myself and create real authenticity through this conversation? Something else to think about is that sometimes we're the ones who've made the boundary violation, and this can be challenging as well. For many people, such a violation triggers thoughts such as, oh my gosh, I've done something wrong or bad. This person doesn't want me in their life. These thoughts typically cause us to create a lot of drama around the situation, 
but there's another way to look at it. Remember that this person has taken the time to share their truth with you. That's an intimate and challenging thing to do. And the fact that this person was able to do so says a lot about how they value the relationship. Setting a boundary requires more courage than simply eliminating someone from your life or continuing to harbor resentment. So take it as a gift and try not to overanalyze it. Boundaries are the most amazing, wonderful, and yet difficult things to implement. They're beautiful tools that can create intimacy in relationships rather than blocking it out. They don't keep people out of our lives. They simply keep people from violating important spaces. Setting boundaries is about telling the truth to ourselves and to the people in our lives. Also, remember that following through on our consequences 100% of the time is critical to make this tool effective in your life. Finally, remember that if you're willing to have the courage to honor yourself, tell the truth, and ultimately protect yourself, you'll see an increase of peace and intimacy in your life. Now, if you've spent most of your life pushing your own needs aside and putting everyone else's needs first, it can be really tricky to know when it's time to set a boundary. So a tool that I like to use is when someone else does something and you start feeling either angry or resentful or annoyed by it. Ask yourself, would setting a boundary here help? For example, the other day I got a text from someone that I'm in an organization with at 9 p.m. And I don't answer texts usually past 8 p.m. And then the next morning, she called me at like 8 a.m. and said, (laughs) please, she left me a message and she said, please respond to my text. And I got so angry. And then I realized, well, that's because I haven't communicated my boundary with her about when I'm available for texts and phone calls. I mean, text me any time of day. That's fine. But I'm not going to respond between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. That's my off time. So. Something like that, you may not notice what the boundary violation is, but you may notice the emotion that comes up first. You might notice that you start to feel angry or upset or resentful. Pay attention to those times and ask yourself, what is it that I'm feeling upset about and would setting a boundary here help? What would that boundary be? Oftentimes, we need to set boundaries around our time and our energy so that we don't overuse both of those so we don't wear ourselves down and burn ourselves out. So do some thinking this week about what boundaries could I set in my life that would give me more time and space and energy back? What would feel amazing to not do and how could I set a boundary around that? All right, hope that's helpful and I will talk to you all next week. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N. F-E-A-R dot com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me.